Most people want to be in love. Therefore, we spend a lot of our time on Tinder, at the bar, and at parties just for the shot to meet the one. Unfortunately, sometimes people aren't who they say they are. Some will say anything to catch your interest, take you elsewhere, and suddenly you are stuck with evil. Here are their stories. Adam Hillary and Haley Bustos. Adam was a locally well-known amateur boxer and single father to a five-year-old daughter. He met Haley on a dating website called Plenty of Fish. He picked her up Thursday night and took her bowling at Cypress Lanes in Winter Haven, Florida. Hours later, they ended up at his home where they talked with one another and introduced her to his roommate. She was later dropped off back to her home and later she sent him a text saying that she had a good time and she wanted to meet with him the next night. Unfortunately, only hours after, Haley returned to his apartment, but this time with three other men which two of them were career criminals who were already on probation on violent felonies with one of them armed with a gun. Once Adam answered the door, the three men forced themselves inside the home. According to the arrest records, Adam was begging for his life and was not putting up a fight whatsoever. He was pleading to them that he had a daughter. The struggle ended in the kitchen when one of the men shot Adam in the head. As he bled out, one of the men said that he went downstairs, pulled the car to the front of his apartment, and stole his Xbox, iPhone, and TVs. It was later found that Haley was involved in at least one other similar robbery before and had a lengthy criminal record. Haley and the three men was arrested and charged with robbery and first-degree murder. Ingrid Lynn and John R. Charlton Ingrid was a nurse from Renton, Washington. She met John through an online dating website. They had been dating for about one month before going to a Seattle Mariners baseball game together on that Friday evening of April 8th. That was the last time anyone heard from Ingrid. The next morning, she failed to pick up her three daughters from her ex-husband's home, so he went to her home, but when no one answered the door, he told Ingrid's mother to come by with the keys, where they found her wallet, purse, and cell phone left untouched. Ingrid's mother, therefore, sent texts to John asking about her daughter and proceeded to call the police. When they arrived, they discovered blood, body tissue, and a pruning saw in Ingrid's bathroom. During the same day, a homeowner called the authorities in a panic. She tells them of something suspicious in her trash and recycling bins. When police arrived, they found multiple dismembered parts of a human body, including a foot, arm, leg, and a severed head. This was only 10 miles from Ingrid's home. Days later, on the 15th and 18th of April, they found more severed body parts that were found by a garbage collector in two different areas. In the investigation, the trash bags the dismembered parts were in were the identical trash bag that was found in Ingrid's home. They also utilized cell phone records and towers that ultimately led them to John's arrest. John Earl Charlton was charged with first-degree murder and auto theft. Katie Locke and Carl Langdell Kitty was a 23-year-old teacher who taught history and politics. She met Carl Langdell on the online dating website called Plenty of Fish. After talking with him online for about two weeks prior, they finally decided to meet. They met at the traffic bar in East London at around 2 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Afterwards, they took a taxi together to the Theobalds Park Hotel. A receptionist at the hotel said that Carl and Katie both looked very intoxicated. She added that Katie was even holding up Carl as he staggered across the hotel corridor. 30 minutes after, Katie called the reception desk to ask for two toothbrushes. However, two hours later, something appeared to be suspicious. Another hotel guest noticed a hotel coat hanger jammed in the floor's fire escape door near Carl's room. And later that night, Carl called reception asking for a late checkout that morning, leaving a do not disturb sign on his door. After Carl left, the staff went to the room where they found all the bedding and towels missing along with the lock 
on the window, being completely broken. It was during the few hours in the hotel where he strangled her, had sex with her dead body, took pictures of it before wrapping her up in bedsheets and a duvet. He then dumped her in a bush near a trash bin in the 55-acre Theobald landscaped grounds. After the murder, he called a woman he met on Tinder that he also had a date with in the same hotel and told her of the kill. The next day, Katie's friend became concerned after she didn't show up to house sit as she previously promised, so she contacted her parents to alarm them. Katie's friends took a photo of Carl to locate his address, and Katie's father, Bill, drove out to Carl's family home. Carl's mother called him, and he proceeded to tell his mom of his involvement in her murder. He was then arrested. In the investigation, they found that he lied about being a lawyer with his own firm, and faked a lot about himself to the woman online, when in reality, he actually had the social, psychopathic, personality disorder. He claimed that Katie enjoyed being choked, and at that point during sex, he began to strangle her and decided to kill her. This makes it hard to ignore the fact that just nine months earlier, he had to talk to a psychiatric nurse of the violent fantasies that involved wanting to hurt and rape women. He recalled of a girlfriend's younger sister that he wanted to cut her throat, take her clothes off to see her naked, and then have sex with her when she is dead. He pleaded guilty to Katie's murder and was sentenced to a minimum of 26 years. Nadine Aburas and Samuel Mari. Samuel Mari was a 45-year-old millionaire property tycoon who first met Nadine on the online dating website called MuslimMatch.com in 2012. Sammy visited Nadine a few times in 2013 and became very infatuated with her, therefore showering her with money and expensive presents. In 2014, Nadine traveled to New York to see Sammy, but it was during this trip where he discovered that she had been seeing another man. Therefore, she returned from this trip with a busted lip and told authorities that Sammy had raped her, tried to strangle her, and feared the possibility of him releasing naked photos of her to her family. He continued to send her abusive text messages including a voicemail saying, and I quote, I have been calling you a lot. I will never ever stop now or give up. I will harm you. And another voicemail saying, you will be in hell. Then, in December 30th, 2014, Sammy traveled to Nadine and booked into the Future Inn's hotel very close to her home. The pair were seen shouting and arguing at the Lilo Grill House before they went to the inn. Sammy then drank a bottle of gin, 12 shots of tequila, and lured Nadine to the hotel. He strangled her, washed her body, placed her hand together, and tried to fake a suicide note, which read, Sorry we came to an end. Shortly after 3 a.m. on December 31st, Sammy suddenly left the hotel, took her car to the airport, where he immediately left to Doba in Qatar. Nadine's body was found that day at around 12.20 p.m. Sammy traveled to Tanzania while still taunting the police and Nadine's family and friends with calls and messages trying to make them feel worse before being caught just weeks later. First, he denied murder, claiming that the voice of God was in his head. However, he later confessed. Sammy was given a life sentence. It was later found that Sammy had installed a software that intercepted text messages which he read. This likely fueled his anger and jealousy which made sense that the moment Nadine arranged a date with another man, Sammy booked his flight to London for murder. Jessica Frank and Eric Joaquin Espinoza 19-year-old Jessica and 23-year-old Eric first met on the online website called meetme.com. They begin a relationship which, according to Eric, progressed quickly on her end. On his version of the story, Jessica told him she loved him and he responded saying that the relationship was moving too quickly. He then asked her to leave the one-bedroom building where he was living on his boss's property. According to Eric, after he asked her to leave, the teen threatened to kill him by taking a knife and stabbing him in the hand and neck. He told the police that he wrestled the knife away from her and stabbed her in the neck and chest, killing her. 
Despite his report of being stabbed, the affidavit by a detective stated that he only had a small injury that is similar to a paper cut on his right little finger. Despite Eric's statement of what happened, a co-worker of his had a different story. According to his co-worker, him and Eric are both roofers from the same company. That evening, the co-worker was watching a movie with both Eric and Jessica when he fell asleep on a small bed inside the room. The co-worker woke up to a loud argument between Jessica and Eric who were sitting on Eric's bed. He couldn't relay what they were saying because he didn't understand English. Afterwards, he saw Jessica get up and move to the couch as Eric took a knife and stabbed Jessica multiple times. He said that Jessica used her arms to defend herself as she screamed yelling no multiple times. At some point, she fell to the floor and Eric got on top of her and kept stabbing her until movement ceased. The co-worker then ran from the building and into his trailer. Two hours later, Eric took a shower and both men went to sleep, got up in the morning and went to work. The next day, the supervisor knew that something was bothering the co-worker and repeatedly asked him what was wrong. He then told his boss to drive him home where he told him exactly what happened. They both called the authorities. Investigators found Jessica's body in a shallow grave under the building's floorboards wrapped in black plastic and a telephone cord. He also buried his bloody clothes and blanket inside a hole and placed her phone inside a freezer. Eric was arrested and booked into Lane County Jail on a murder charge where he remains. Hey guys, thanks for watching our video. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. If you would like to support us, please visit our Patreon page. The link is in the description box below.